0: My name is Dr. Michael Brown, and this is Three Words, a bite-sized podcast about the small and yet significant choices that all of us can make in order to become the very best version of ourselves. Today is not quite bite-sized. I'm in San Diego, California, with my dear friend, Leo Carrillo, the co-founder and the president, CEO of Haircraft Co. And today we talk about vulnerability. We talk about leadership, We talk about transparency. We talk about building a business from nothing. We talk about navigating the challenges of a global pandemic in the midst of building a brand and building a life. We talk about friendship. We talk about legacy. We enter into the story of my dear friend in ways that no one has ever heard. And I have learned so much and I trust that you will as well. Listen now. So I'm here today in San Diego, California with my dear friend, Leo Carrillo in the world headquarters of Haircraft Co. Leo, kick us off. What are our three words for today?
1: Three words are master your craft,
0: master your craft. Nice play on words, bro. Haircraft yeah. Co, master your craft.
1: Why did you choose those three words? The reason why is, I mean, it goes back to when I was in college at San Diego State, my senior year of college, I was studying for an exam, it was midnight, and I needed some extra motivation, so I looked up motivational YouTube videos.
0: Interesting, okay.
1: And I found this video of Kobe Bryant, and he was talking about mastering your craft, and I was so fascinated at 1 a.m. when I was studying for this exam about what he was saying and how it's about the process, it's about the journey, and I thought that for my exam at that moment, fortunately I passed that exam. But in terms of today, why it's, it's a lifestyle that I believe in. It's Mm -hmm. the relentless pursuit of being the best at your craft. And that's whether you're an entrepreneur, a basketball player, a motivational speaker, Mm -hmm. whatever, it's not rushing the process, but trusting the process.
0: And you know, when I met you three years ago in Seattle at a leadership conference, I thought to myself, here is a young man, a entrepreneur, a quite honestly, an extraordinary human being that I wanted to continue to cultivate a friendship with. And I saw all those things before you even gave it those words. And so it's one of the reasons why we're traveling to San Diego, California, to be with you, because I am so excited, Leo, to be able to share and to be able to highlight and platform your unique story. And that's what Three Words on the Road podcast series is all about is sharing the stories of a variety of individuals from diverse backgrounds, different parts of the country with different goals, different pursuits, looking at them more deeply professionally, as well as personally. And I have seen that in your life. You are relentless. I mean, obviously you're building this amazing company for men. Um, and in fact, one of our three words podcast in our earlier, one of our earlier ep- episodes is look your best. And you obviously care about that. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk a lot about a lot of different things Mm -hmm. in your life, personally and professionally. But first, just tell us a little bit about Haircraft Co., uh, how you got into this business, where you came from, and give us a little bit of a snapshot, cliff notes of kind of your professional journey.
1: Yeah, so it all started after college. I got an awesome opportunity to work at a small digital marketing agency, learning about Amazon advertising. So okay. I would help promote brands on Amazon, help them make more money, do all their advertising. And that time in 2016, no one was really doing anything with that. Mm-hmm. And the agency I worked at was first in the market to that. So learned about that. And in college, I'd always cared about my hair. I used to cut my own hair. I used to cut my buddy's hairs and would care about the products I would put in my hair. So by the time I graduated, I stopped cutting people's hair and I was doing digital marketing and um, I would just see all these crazy businesses grow and expand and like blow up on Amazon and I would share with my best friend and co-founder Alex these business stories and he'd be like, dude, like, why don't we start our own business? We didn't know Amazing. what we do. Amazing,
0: yeah, that's awesome.
1: We're like, what would we do? And like, yeah. we had ideas from like hat holders to Pikachu dolls to when <laughs> Pokemon Go was hot. <laughs> and anyways, we eventually got down to what we both cared about, which is pomades, hair products. So that's how we got started. With our our first product was in 2018, launching our gel pomade, which is right there
0: behind us, here in the world headquarters on the yes, wall, yeah.
1: And HairCraft Co. And yeah, that that's how we got started. What was the rest of the question? Well, the
0: question was obviously just, you know, obviously you've built this company and you've been through the pandemic together, but just how you ended up in this space. I mean, obviously doing hair craft work um, and and building product for men, because obviously we share a passion for helping young men become extraordinary human beings. And even when we met, obviously you were investing in yourself as a young man, not just a professional, but as a young man in wanting to really become the best version of yourself. So we talked in Seattle, we obviously spent time in an executive leadership retreat as well in the mountains of Colorado, helping you explore what does it look like to maximize your life personally and professionally in the second dimension of your life, Mm -hmm. which is the season of investigation for 20 to 40 year olds. And so it's fascinating to me that Haircraft Co came out of, college. I I didn't realize this is obviously new to me. We've been developing our friendship, but that you care about how you look and you care about hair and you are building this thing with your best friend, Alex. Um, but obviously it's been hard. It's been challenging. And as those who are listening in, you launched this company right before a global pandemic. How has that been?
1: Yes. So, uh, launched in 2018, we saw some success that year, Got our feet off the ground, and then 20, 2018 was like, hey, this is a a side hustle. Twenty nineteen started to grow. We launched our second product, mm-hmm. our hair clay, and when that product launched, this one, that's when the business started to take off. So in twenty twenty, by that time, we saw the numbers that I could afford to go full time mm-hmm. the business. Mm-hmm. And with the agency I'd been at, like I love that company, and I went full time into HairCraft Co. in March twenty twenty. So that was right before oh the global goodness. pandemic, and we didn't think much of it. We're like, "Oh, like, we're going to be fine. We're not mm-hmm. going to. We're not going to be hurt by this." And we had heard about COVID at the start of March. So I go full time my first month at HairCraft Co. Then, who's the actor? Uh, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks gets COVID, and then shortly after, the NBA gets shut down, and that week our business plummeted down to a fourth of what we used to do in revenue in profits. Wow. and profits, and it was tough because, you know, I went all in. I, I saw it as like 2020 is the year of Haircraft Co. Like now we're going to invest in everything we can, get the rest mm-hmm. of the guys on the team to go full-time too. But it, it was tough because one, there wasn't demand for people looking to buy hair products. There was no need to buy a hair product.
0: Because everyone's at home. <laughs> everyone's at
1: home. Everyone's on Zoom calls. There's no dates going on. And guys, typically, you, you want to look your best, but guys are lazy compared to women. And- <laughs> to put in a hair product, that's an extra step. So guys are wearing hats. So throughout the entire pandemic, it was, if a state opened up, you know, we saw sales go up because we're all over the country. Yeah. And uh, as the entire, from basically March all the way till August, mm. we we're barely lifting in revenue every single month. But our focus was, was momentum. Mm. And it was mastering our craft, which was All the plans that we had, all the products that we're going to launch in 2020, it wasn't the right time for us because our audience doesn't have the demand for it. So basic supply and demand, you're not going to launch a product that people aren't going to buy yet, especially if they don't want to use it now. So 2020 was all about planning for 2021. Mm -hmm. And when I say about momentum, we were just trying to find small wins, anything that could be like, okay, we did a rebrand, our labels, our packaging, our messaging was not what it is. Now back then, but we wanted to come out of it being this is the brand that we actually are. This is what we stand for. Like we actually want to be a part of men's journeys every day. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a long year, but August came around. We did our rebrand. Now you see what our products look like now. And that, that changed our business forever. And now this year we've been better than ever. Um, my co founder was able to go full time. Our director of brand was able to go full time and more to come throughout the rest of this year. But it was all about momentum. It was yeah. about finding those wins. And I think another important thing that I learned in the pandemic is I have this tattoo right here. Okay. It says plus 366 over 366. And take a guess what you think that means. Plus Plus
0: sixty six. 366 over, well, there's 365 days in a year. So I'm just trying to wrap my head around what that could be.
1: So last year was a leap year. Oh, there we go. And everyone was talking about it that I can't wait for 2020 to end. I just can't wait. Like everything will just be back to normal in 2020. And for us, we literally saw the data, like through our sales, like searches online for hair products was down and we weren't going to bank on that. There's going to be a vaccine in 2021 and everything's normal and masks are gone. And look at us now. We don't have masks, right? Right. But,
0: but it's not over yet. We're still in the middle of this. So yeah,
1: we're still in it. Right. Yeah. So it's still happening. And for, uh, for me personally, I, I had to change my mindset because, you know, I was, I was alone like full time and the rest of my team is doing it part time. And like, I, I, instead of looking at the years, like I'm counting down the days. I can't wait for 2020 to end. I counted up and I would write down every single day how many days are left and put it as a positive. Like if there's 150 days left plus 150. Plus hundred and forty nine. So count up, even though it's going down, right? And I saw it as a positive versus a negative because yes. we just wanted to be as prepared as possible for what we were planning the mm-hmm. entire twenty twenty year for twenty twenty
0: one. Well, and like we talked about even off camera today, Leo, there are so many businesses through the pandemic in twenty twenty that actually shut down. Mm-hmm. And you didn't. You reimagined, you rebranded. And one of the reasons is you chose to build as opposed to bunker. Yep. So many businesses through the pandemic have bunkered, have, have just gone inward, just waited and not really thought, thought about the future. And you obviously have done something so extraordinary in that you continue to build. And you said it, it's all about attitude. Yep. It was about how are we going to see this? The pandemic didn't just happen to us. In many ways, it happened for us. Yes. Because pain is our friend. Struggle is normal. Like this is part of the journey. And and I, I want to dig a little deeper with you because you had mentioned that even as you're building this company, you make great sacrifices. Yep. You make great personal sacrifices to build your business. I'm wondering if ever you questioned should you have made those sacrifices as you're walking through 2020? because you made these great sacrifices. I want you to talk more about those sacrifices. And then you're like, was it worth it? Did you ever ask the question? Was it worth it? What were those sacrifices and what did you learn through that process?
1: Yeah, There was a lot of sacrifices last year. The first one I can think about is I I had a really high paying job. I Hmm. worked my way up to the director of the department that I was in and uh, I was making great money mm-hmm. and I had earned equity within the company that oh, I was at. Okay. And I knew that the company I was at was going to sell at the end of 2020. And I was like, oh, this would be great. I know how much, potentially how much money I can make through this. And to me, the long-term vision was bigger than mm. the short-term gain. So although that was like, you know, at that moment, it was like, oh man, but that was the first sacrifice was like, Quitting my job That's a huge sacrifice yeah. You chose
0: monetary uh, Sacrifice For the sake of a dream I love it
1: And then the second was The sacrifice of uh, And I give credit to my team too Is mm-hmm. We would meet every uh, Once a month At least As a team On a on Saturdays I'm like that Imagine grown men Meeting <laughs> on a Saturday There's five of us Every Saturday meeting And it wasn't just me It was everyone else then bi weekly, every Tuesday night at 7 p.m., we're meeting at 7 p.m. as a team to talk about mm. things that weren't necessarily tied towards revenue. So sacrificing the time. And the other sacrifice was like um relationships. Last year was I saw it I saw personally myself as a, a gladiator in a ring where lions are coming and tigers are coming to attack me. And I'm like, man, like we just gotta get through this. And if we can get through this, anything is possible. So I, a lot of friendships, a lot of relationships, like I, I stopped hanging out with people. Obviously it was like a pandemic, but I just wanted to focus on the business and like be there for the team. Um, but yeah, I'd say those were the big sacrifices last year.
0: And it's interesting you might use the uh, imagery of a gladiator in a rain because your world headquarters is literally right above a kickboxing studio in fact <laughs> you know it's interesting you you think about yourself as a fighter
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I see you as a fighter I see you as an extraordinary person but someone who keeps fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and yet now let me say if I pronounce this correctly Muay Thai
1: Muay Thai yes. Muay
0: Thai is something that you do it's a form of kickboxing mm-hmm. that you do every single day you said and, and here you are you built a headquarters right above this Muay Thai um, I don't know Kickboxing studio. I don't, I don't know, if studio is the right word. Gym. Yeah. gym okay. But how has that factored into your journey and what role has that kind of fighting and that kind of kickboxing had and just even who you're becoming?
1: Yeah. So yes, we are in a, a club. Uh, we're really fortunate to have our office in this, in this gym, Carlsbad kickboxing. Um, cause lunch we'll,
0: breaks, you just walk downstairs and let's go
1: <laughs> hit the bags, hit each other, work out. <laughs> Love um, it. but in terms of boxing and taking a step back, my co-founder, Alex, got into boxing years ago, got really good at it, then got into Muay Thai. I got into boxing a couple years ago, really liked it. Um, but didn't do it as consistent. Then one day he took me to this gym and we did a Muay Thai class together. And I was absolutely fascinated with how you could use all your limbs as weapons, not to hurt people, but just how you could actually use your That's elbows, right. your knees, your, your, your feet, you know, kicks, all of these tools versus boxing is just, all you got is punches. That's all you're looking at. And that's all you're defending at. And for me, when I think of why I do this every day, it's like, it's the challenge of every technique, every slip, every defensive posture you can do. Like there's so many different angles that it was the first type of thing that I had done since team sports in high school. Yeah. That I was like, Oh my God, like I got to learn technique. And like, I don't need to do this. I'm not, I'm not ever going to be a professional fighter, but you're was, not,
0: that's not the next stage.
1: <laughs> no, not, not ever. But having to learn something and like feel the pressure of like, okay, I'm holding pads for someone or someone's going to punch me. Like I need to learn how to defend myself. If Someone's going to kick me. I need to learn how to defend myself. But it was really, the, it's the challenge every day of like, yeah, I just want to get better at this. And a year from now, like I want to able to know more techniques, more strategies And it just uses a different part of my brain that like business can do so much, you know, lifting weights can do so much, but this is like, it's primal. You know, you feel it every day, Uh you're doing it. So
0: Well, and as I listen to you and you and I've chatted a lot about this in the past as we build our friendship over the last couple of years, but you may not even realize this, but as you talk about Muay Thai and kickboxing, immediately in my brain, I think about the 12 dimensions of a man's life. And I'm thinking right here, this particular practice, is the intersection of three significant dimensions, the physical dimension, the intellectual dimension and the recreational dimension,
1: Mm. because
0: you do this for fun. You enjoy this. This is a hobby, but then also you just tapped into the intellectual dimension that you never stop learning Mm -hmm. just because you're not being graded on a test. And obviously you talked about, you know, your friendship with Alex in college that you're developing a new skill. You're developing you know, a, a new hobby yeah. you're, you're learning something literally from scratch but as well the physical dimension which fuels so many of the other dimensions you know it's it's interesting as we started talking about the 12 dimensions of life in Seattle 3 years ago i am just curious uh as we had those conversations over the course of a weekend you know as you think about those dimensions the emotional dimension the physical dimension the financial dimension, I mean, you were particularly interested in the personal dimension, mm-hmm. which was how you're wired and studying your your personality temperaments and your strengths quest and all the things that we've done. That seems to be something that still resonates with you in wanting to become kind of this holistic, uh, dynamic, extraordinary man who's not just developing in the professional dimension, mm-hmm. which is your career and calling and what? Job, quote unquote job but you're doing all these other things to to develop in those different dimensions. How does your personal life and just the intersection of all of those things and the person you're seeking to become intersect with Haircraft Co. And even the fact that you're building this brand and this company, Mm -hmm. because there's been sacrifices even in the relational dimension, you were acknowledging that. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about the intersection of the personal and professional areas of your life.
1: I think it, I mean, it's a direct correlation
0: because what we talked about really resonated with you in Seattle. What yeah. resonated
1: with you? Well, one is I feel like there's this – I feel really fortunate that this is my job mm. is Haircraft Co. Like I get to do this every day. I get to do this. I like that, yeah. It's an earned opportunity that is. A, it was a dream of mine when we started it. It was, it was a funny dream. It was like this will be a side hustle. We'll make money to – Whoa, like, holy shit! Like, this could actually make us money, and like, we could actually make this our job. Yeah, so I get to do this, and I get to plan my schedule the way I want to do it. I'm not the five hour work week at all, but this I get to build a culture with my best friends on what does it look like. We are in a gym, we work out every lunch to go hit stuff, you know, yeah. and like, <laughs> um, and the personal side too is like. I think if I don't have the personal dimension on myself, like still reading books, still like taking time to figure out who I want to be, then it directly intersects when we come in the office or we have a meeting. And like, I never want to be the person and I'm not perfect that is doing something that is out of character because I didn't sleep good last night or like I was in a bad mood. So I'm going to put that on Alex or Zach or Nick Mm. that, you got to fuel your personal life because, you know, your job, Haircraft Co. is in everything. It's a big part of my life right now. Right, But I I still need to focus on, like, the person I'm becoming, as you would say. Yeah. And every morning I wake up and, like, I meditate. Two minutes is focus on my breasts. Then I think of the three things that I'm most grateful for in the morning. Like, what are the things that I'm most grateful for? Usually it's health. Usually it has to do with the business. Some aspect. And then mm-hmm. the third one could be something completely off. And the last thing is the characteristics that I want to embody, like visualize that throughout the day. And when I'm thinking of that, like a big part of that is haircraft. A big part of that is when I'm meeting someone, like how do I how do I say hi to someone? How do I say bye to someone? Like you talk about time a lot. And I love talking about time because it's the most valuable commodity we all have. Yes. And how is the time that I get today, the opportunity that I have that I want to spend. So I think the personal fuels the, the professional side and that I want to make the most of the time I have in the business. And I want to make the most of the time I have at home. And like, sometimes I don't want to go to practice at 7 PM and do boxing, but I'm like, you know what? This is the person I want to become. Like, I won't regret this tomorrow. I'm going to regret it tomorrow if I don't go. So. You know, I think I'm going,
0: going to, to you. hire you as my life coach.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you just said so much in the last few minutes, Leo, that is just resonating with me and I'm sure resonating with our listeners and viewers. And, and, and if I can just summarize some of what you said, it's like rhythms and routines matter. Um, the life you're living from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. 6 a.m. has more significant impact on your workday than we could ever imagine. Yep. Um, you get to build the life that you choose to build. Time is valuable. I mean, all the things that we talk about and you even and I, we've built our friendship for the last three years, some of those conversations we've had, I love the fact that you're giving incredible thought to that, that rhythms and routines and meditation and reflection and perspective and gratitude. I mean, it's all the stuff that most matters. Mm -hmm. Um, And you are choosing to live a life that is meaningful. You're not just choosing to live a life um of purpose you've chosen to live your life on purpose yeah. and so in many ways that intentionality i mean i think that's one of the things that's true of all the different individuals i've been interviewing over the last you know couple days as we've kind of taken three words podcast on the road if there's one thing i'm learning about everyone and if there's one theme that kind of transcends what everyone is sharing with me in their experiences is that these are human beings who are intentional mm-hmm. who are next level professionals and who are extraordinary human beings and the personal life is flowing into their professional life i would imagine your father and your grandfather are extremely proud of you i was thinking about the fact that you are leo carrillo and i'm sure i'm not saying the way he would say the third (laughs) yeah so obviously there's significance how would how would your father say the name again Carrillo. <laughs> See, I can't roll my R's like that. Yeah. You know, but I mean, obviously you are the third. So legacy matters, what you're building matters. Can, can you talk a little bit with me about your relationship with your father, with your grandfather and how that shaped who you are today? The yeah. third, Leo, the third?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm really fortunate that I've had a background of my family being hardworking. Hmm. My grandpa being a Mexican person who's passed away. Oh. But... um, always hard hard work ethic family has always been the cornerstone of their like my family like the korea family like i went to mexico like 6 times a year to go really? visit family on my dad's side okay and um my dad like when i think of my dad it's the same thing he worked three jobs when i was growing up just to pay the bills and um, did everything he could to provide for me and my 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 sister and my mom and when i think of my name now I used to not like that I was the third growing up. I was like, oh man, like I want to be my own person. I don't want to mm. be the third. But now I see it as like, I've gotten the opportunity to both to pick up traits for my grandpa, my dad, and now carry my own legacy. And one day Leo Korea the fourth, God willing that that happens. So
0: you'll go that direction?
1: hundred percent. Oh, that's 100%. awesome. But like, it's basically the same values and then trying to upgrade every Leo Korea, right? Like my grandpa wanted yeah. my dad, my dad wants that for me. And then I want that for my future son that legacy is important. And I always think about the things that we're doing every day, like kind of like this podcast, as you said earlier, is that one day your family will be able to see this and they'll be able to take all these amazing things, these conversations Mm -hmm. and learn from them is that what I choose to do every day is building the legacy for my kids and my grandkids that hopefully by the end of my life, they can be proud of me and not be, Like, oh man, like Leo, he really did some bad things. He wasn't perfect, but he, he tried his best. He, he was a good person. He was a decent guy, did these things. And like, that's what I think about legacy is that like, how do I provide for my future Leo and like for my future kids and my wife and all of that to be the best version that I can be proud of one day Mm -hmm. when my time ends.
0: Well, and I think I mentioned this to you, you may not know this, but I have four sons, Justin, Logan, Ethan and Jameson and all of their middle names are Michael. Did not know that. So it's Justin Michael, Logan Michael, Ethan Michael and Jameson Michael. Again, no one really knows people's middle names, but I injected them <laughs> in there because I just want them to feel like they're part of me. And mm-hmm. that much of what I'm building and who I'm becoming is tied to them. And I want them to feel that sense of connection. And I love the fact that you are so deeply connected to your family, because I think particularly in this day and age, it feels like we're living more and more in isolation. Mm-hmm. We don't have as much of a connection totally to our past. We don't have connection to community. I mean, even just hearing you talk about you know, your father and your grandfather and, and the work ethic, like I want that in my own family, but I'm sure even those who are listening, you get to do that. You can choose to build your legacy. You can choose to to invest in relationships. And, you know, it's interesting. I just looked down as we were just chatting. I'm curious. I, you have tattoos all over one. I didn't realize you didn't show me earlier, but you actually have a tattoo that says master your craft. Yep. Did you get that just in the last 24 hours, knowing that was going to be our three words podcast today? Yes. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. I've I <laughs> got that, but there's probably other tattoos. I'm guessing I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a risk here. I'm guessing that some of the tattoos you have tie into family. And that there are things that are connected. to the family. I'm just curious. Can you can you share a little bit about some of what I'm seeing here today?
1: Yeah. Um, every tattoo I have is strategic. It always has to do with something that I want to remember. Okay. All my tattoos, except for two tattoos that I have here and here, I, are reminders for myself that I look at every day. So mm-hmm. one that's pretty prolific is Mastercraft. Yep. I got this on my 22nd birthday. Because that b- before even starting Haircraft Co, like that interesting. was interesting,
0: foreshadowing of what was to come.
1: And then um, another prolific one is this: this is a black mamba. Okay, Kobe Bryant being the guy who yeah. I looked to for that phrase "master craft." Being a Lakers fan, like when he passed away, like mm. he was someone that it was a great reminder. It was a beautiful reminder that someone that you thought was untouchable, someone who was young, who just retired could lose everything in a moment's notice, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And also his mentality, the the black yeah. mamba, the mamba mentality, relentless. Like I look at that tattoo every day for that. And then this tattoo is a book that I read. It's called Your Next Five Moves. It's a chess piece. And mm-hmm. the author talks about how in life and in business, if you start to look at things as chess, the best chess players look at moves, seven moves ahead, mm-hmm. that world-class. They can see things on the table and be able to look at it, that if I just did five, like my next five moves in business and life and I could calculate it, I can't make everything right. None of us can like predict the future, but if I can try to determine the actions based on the moves that I make, I want to remind myself that every day before I make a quick decision that's something that I'm going to regret later. And yeah, I mean, I, I always try to get tattoos that mean something that like last one I'll talk about is this, Please, Veni Vidi Vici. Okay. That is an Italian phrase that means we came, we saw, we conquered. Very past tense, right? And I love that. I love thinking like that's the lifestyle I want to live. We came, we saw, we conquered. We did everything we wanted in this lifetime.
0: You want to live life to its fullest. Exactly. And, and one of the pieces of that is building a business with you describe them as your best friends. I mean, who gets to do that? Who gets to build a business with people they love that are friends and colleagues Mm -hmm. in a place, in a space where you get to actually be enjoying one another while working? I have have several things that I want to ask you about as I continue to kind of, as you unfold and unpack your story, is there challenges that you face building a business with your closest friends? Because I mean, that's, I would think that's just a, an interesting because you're so connected to human beings, Leo, as I listen to your story, you're just so connected to community and to people and relationships. I mean, I would think, I mean, we've heard, we've heard people say in the past, don't ever start a business with your spouse, right. Or yeah. give yourself, but you're doing this thing. How has that been? And what have been the challenges? Cause there might be folks out there listening or viewing today who are like, I would love to start a business with my best friends. Is it all awesome?
1: It is not all awesome. I actually, I have a great story Please. for you. Um, so Alex is my co-founder, best friend. Okay. And when we started the business, I was relentless in the most negative way that uh, by nature, one of my strongest qualities is I'm impatient. I'm, I just want to get it done. I want to learn. I want to do it, okay. take action. And he's very calculated, very much the chess player, right? He wants to take the time to do it and, um, we would have arguments all the the first year and a half. Like we almost didn't want to do haircraft together anymore. And I would say a lot of it was my own fault for not trying to get his feedback and just pushing things. But the biggest thing I learned through that process. And to this day we practice every single day is communication that I'm never going to expect him to know what I'm thinking. And he's never going to expect me to know what I'm thinking. When I learned that, and it's a giving and take is literally like a partnership, a relationship. Yes. That you have to give and you take. There's ups and downs and not everything's perfect. And the other thing is that the qualities that makes him an amazing entrepreneur are very different than what makes me who I am. That if you can kind of fuse yeah. those two, that's great. So that's one. So we've overcome that. We're best friends. Like business can be better. The second is like all of my best, all of the people that are on our team. The five guys are all San Diego state alumni. We all known each other from San Diego state. Okay. And, um, we are best friends before business. Mm. And that part I wouldn't say is hard because we have something that I think is very different than most businesses. Like when you say it's hard to hire your best friends, like we've done that. But we know these people and like hmm. like I, I could probably, we could probably find even more people that we know that we try to hire that are best friends, but like their track record. Also, I work with all these people at my previous company. Okay. So I, I actually hired most of those people too. So like I got to see what they were like yep. and we have a friendship outside of just business. Like we have group chats, we hang out, we grab drinks together. Like we do retreats. Like these are guys that I would text about a silly, stupid joke that- makes business when we walk in here every day and we talk about stuff that might be immature or like goofy or silly it's like i love it this it doesn't feel like i shouldn't say it doesn't feel like work but it feels like that energy from another yeah. human being that mm-hmm.
0: i look forward to so much what well, sounds like you have the essential ingredient to successful partnerships in business and again you said it i i would teach this in that is communication i mean every every fantastic relationship romantically in friendship, in family, in business is a result of great communication. Absolutely. And specifically, even deeper, if I can go a, a layer deeper, is the ability to have hard conversations, mm-hmm. the ability to resolve conflict. Because because conflict is not a threat to fantastic relationships. It's mm-hmm. the pathway to them. And so, we and I'm sure you've heard me say that before, it is so significant to be able to resolve conflict. So the fact that you've committed even as business leaders, to not reading each other's minds, to every day listening, communicating, believing the best, I'm assuming. I mean, you have believed the best in Alex. I'm sure he believes the best in you. You know your differences. If communication, if and again, for our listeners and viewers who are listening to your story today, what is going to be known 10 years down the road? I would say that people will be talking about what made this company amazing is their culture. Mm-hmm. And their culture is enhanced by honest communication. And you even talked about it again, uh, inviting honest feedback from one another. I mean, yeah. again, a, a, an amazing skill that so few, you, you know, it's interesting when companies hire me as a consultant to come in, typically they're hiring me because they're not getting along mm-hmm. and they're, and they're not maximizing their potential. And what it comes down to typically is dysfunctional relationships, the inability to have the hard conversations, the inability to, um, To be friends. Yeah. Because you can't be friends if you're not willing to have hard conversations, to be honest, to be able to say that hurt my feelings Mm -hmm. or that was offensive or that was, that put, that took me off guard. And I responded maybe in a way that wasn't awesome, but now I want to come back and say what I would say is the 10 most important words in the English language. I was wrong. I am sorry. And will you forgive me? I'm sure there's been some of those apologies here in Haircraft Co. 100%. 100%. (laughs) But see, the fact that you can do that means that you now can be able to hang out afterwards and have drinks and and spend time together and laugh at jokes and and do retreats. Because if you weren't able to do that, I can't wait to meet Alex. I can't wait to meet some of these other guys. But if you weren't able to do that, And make a commitment to do that. Haircraft Co. would have dissolved through that pandemic. Because pandemic, what pandemic did, COVID, boy, we hate COVID. But what pandemic did is is it actually just revealed what was already there. Yeah. It didn't necessarily, it created some new challenges. But in many ways, it brought the challenges that were already there to the surface. And Leo, I just want you to know, I'm just, as your friend, I'm just so proud of you. And just that. like who you're becoming. Uh, we're very different. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not layer with tattoos. I'm not kickboxing. I, you know, I'm not living in San Diego. You're much cooler than me. In fact, nah. I have a confession to make. I have a confession to make. I do have some hair, haircraft product that you sent me, but it is not in my hair today. I left it at home. I forgot about yeah. it. I was going to wear it today. I'm wearing Paul Mitchell, but you know what? Never again. I'll continue to go back. <laughs> to got the go. Got well, and what's interesting is, you know, we're very different in age as well. How old are you?
1: 27.
0: So, ooh, so I'm almost double your age. I'm 52 years old. But I always say, people think I'm pretty young. I say, a little hair product goes a long way at knocking, <laughs> knocking years off your life. So I'll give you that little plug as well. But there's just something so common in our relationship, something, there's so many common themes, and yet we're from two different generations. Mm-hmm. We're from two different worlds. We're from two different areas of the country, and yet we resonate in so many of these similar areas and share so many similar passions, I, I just think it's fantastic being your friend. So I just wanted to inject that in our conversation in this podcast. I, I do want to explore a little more, if I can, pain points, yeah, uh, struggles, things for you, because again, as as your you know Haircraft co followers will listen to this podcast at some point and watch this on YouTube channel or, or maybe listen on their our podcast platform, whichever podcast platform they choose. They don't know the backstory of Leo. They don't necessarily know what's really behind. They just think, here's this extraordinary human being who looks – his hair looks perfect and who's building this (laughs) incredible company. But what are those areas, if I can, that that are struggles and difficulties that have shaped who you are today and actually that you see now as valuable? to bringing you to this spot because everyone's asking the questions. I'm going to build this thing, but I'm, you know, uh, am, am I really, do I have what it takes? Am I enough? And why would I think I could do this? I, I'm just curious to, to make it a little more human, yeah. the company that you're building, just go wherever direction you want to go in, in regards to that.
1: The first thing that comes to mind is just <clears throat> my upbringing. It's, I I'm Mexican and Spanish and I, uh, I've come from that hardworking grit family from my dad's side, Mexican hardworking, uh, family, but also I didn't grow up with a lot of things that most of people that I know today have. Mm. Um, I grew up in Colton, which is like, a in Riverside, it's not really a good area. Then moved to Banning when I was younger in the fourth grade. And that's kind of ghetto area too. And that was the best thing that I could have had growing up is like, I didn't realize how big the world was because I grew up in such a small town, like a few thousand people in my town. My high school graduating class was 101 kids, tiny. and
0: So why was that awesome?
1: It was awesome because before I knew what I wanted to do as I Mm -hmm. got older is that I just, I always embraced life. I made the most of it and that I always wanted more. And when I decided to go to college, which opened up my eyes, like I never had the privilege of like, I had to pay for college. I had to work three jobs during college. I had to do everything on my own. And like, I was the first person in my family to ever go and graduate oh, from college.
0: Fantastic!
1: So I, I wanted to set my own precedent, my own story mm. to, to have that. And like the struggles of going through college and like working jobs, like, yeah. Um, going from a small town of a few thousand people to a college of 40,000 people, like for sure. making friends, uh, getting involved, like, and like being able to have to pay for all the things that I had to, like I think of one of the biggest struggles was like college. Like Mm. I, I didn't know what I was going into. I thought college was like, Oh, just school. (laughs) And like, it's easy, but like, there's so many things that you learn about yourself, uh, getting involved to then even getting a job. Like no one in my family had ever had like a professional career Mm. job, Mm -hmm. quote unquote. Like I didn't, I didn't have like the help to do it. I had my friends, I had mentors that helped me, but I think I've always had like that chip on my shoulder that like mm. I've always like nothing was ever given to me. I've always had to earn it and I've always had to be the person to figure it out. And like, I always think like this goes back to time. Like I don't want to waste time. Yeah. I don't want to waste opportunity. And the struggles of like, um you know, going after college, having yeah. my first job, like to learning how to be good at it and like uh, starting a business one day. And like, it wasn't just, Starting a business, like I had all these privileges growing up. It was, there was a lot of struggles, like uh, almost like dropping out of college, like not having good grades, not being able to afford college that mm. got me to where I'm at. And I've been fortunate. I've had g- great people along the way to get here. But, um, I think a lot of it's just my upbringing, which I'm grateful for because when I look at things that I own, things that I have, I don't look at it as like a material thing. I look at it as like I earned this. I mm. got this and like I cherish this yeah. like being on this podcast with you. This is a awesome opportunity. I'm grateful for it. Um, I'm learning from you as we talk about our friendship yeah and I think of uh, I think that 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 is like a uh, the struggle is like growing up
0: what well, I love the phrase you used even earlier in the conversation. Uh, and you're putting all the pieces together for me even here now, you used the term earlier, earned opportunity. I've never heard that phrase. I love the phrase. I'm going to use the phrase, borrow the (laughs) phrase, steal the phrase, and and credit you, of course, Leo, but it it allows both sides of the coin to be demonstrated and to be illustrated that you have worked hard. And oftentimes people, when they're looking at a successful person, they're thinking, I want what they have without doing what they did. (laughs) <laughs> because there's mm-hmm. a, especially with social media and everything, it's like, oh, look at this thing, and the, it probably was so easy. Yeah, you, know, you worked hard, but then the other side of it is there's opportunity, and you even you you tie in that word gratitude. There are opportunities that you've been given. There are, there are benefits you have. You talk about your health. You talk about the fact that you start your mornings thinking about the things you're grateful for. Because while you're working hard, while you're earning what you have, you also acknowledge that life's a gift. Mm -hmm. that there are opportunities that are given to you that maybe aren't going to be given to other people. Yeah, you earn it and are gifted it. Yeah, It's both and, which I love listening to you talk about that. And I think that's what makes you extraordinary because oftentimes we have people who are very, very grateful, who have great perspective. I I interact with lots of individuals that have great dreams and they're fantastic human beings, but they're not proactive. Mm -hmm. They're not intentional. They squander their time. And so they don't achieve the things they want to achieve in life. They don't get to the places they want to be be, go and they don't become the person they want to become because life doesn't just happen by accident. Nope. And so I love this idea of earned opportunity. I also love before my very eyes, and obviously our friendship is young, it's three years old is I think about this notion of what it means to be a real man. And I I think about manhood and and womanhood and humankind and so forth. And I'm not meaning this in a, in a, a, stereotypical sort of way, but I want to focus on this idea of masculinity and manhood because that's what your product, your product is a hundred. You said is for men. Yeah. Uh, the company is built by men. It's for men. Um, and I love this idea because I have a passion similar to you in helping boys grow into men. Obviously four sons of my own. I have a passion for that. You're talking about Leo four, fifth, six, seven down the <laughs> road, right? We have a passion for these things, but you may remember us talking about this in in Seattle and I want to get your feedback on this. But I talked about what it means to be real, a real man, R-E-A-L. And the reason I bring this up even now and, and didn't plan to is because you're embodying this in, in, in you are this person in front of me, R, someone who has rejected passivity and irresponsibility, E, someone who has exhibited integrity and honesty. You've talked about character. You've talked about being the same person out of the office that you are in the office, A, appreciating connectedness and transparency. (laughs) I mean, you are so vulnerable. You're real. You're raw. I was telling our producer on the drive here from the airport, I was like, you're going to love Leo because he's honest. He's who he is. He's genuine. You appreciate connectedness and transparency. But then L, you lead. You lead intentionally and authentically. I mean, you are the r- full package. You are the real deal, R-E-A-L. Um, and so that's why I want to kind of end our podcast is talking about you as a leader because obviously you have first-generation college student coming from very little, moving your way through the pandemic, building a team, building a brand, building not bunkering, all these things Those who are listening and watching today, many of them are thinking, I want to be a leader. I want to be a leader in my own business. I want to create my own life. I'm just curious as you would even think about our viewers and our listeners today, and obviously you've learned a lot about your story here, is this idea of leadership and lessons in leadership and things that you've learned about leadership that you're like, this was really important. Mm -hmm. as a part of my journey, obviously only as a 27-year-old man, right? And you've already built this incredible life. You are already a leader, but you're continuing to grow as a leader. Talk to us about leadership and what role leadership, because you've talked about rejecting passivity and irresponsibility. You've talked about integrity and honesty and some of those other pieces of the acrostic of real, but leading intentionally and authentically, because you're so authentic. What does it look like for you to be a leader and what would be lessons that you've learned along the way?
1: Yeah, I think it, the word you said earlier, and I really appreciate you saying it is being vulnerable. Mm. I think that is the, that is the ultimate separator of like how we become friends. That is the ultimate like disconnector of like a wall. And I think that when you're vulnerable with, whether it's your girlfriend or you're vulnerable with your parents or you and I, or my team, like there's just a whole level of like any connotation they had about me or me with them, like it just goes out the window. It's like, man, like people love people who are vulnerable. And I, yep, when I learned that, I was I learned that from one of my mentors. It, it not through what he said to me, like, hey, be vulnerable. It was through his actions, and I always try to dissect what he did. Mm. And he would just say like a silly joke that would like light up the room. That would be like, man, like he just said that. Like, but being vulnerable, I think, is the most impactful thing that you really get to level with people. So that's one. And then two is um, like leading with love.
0: Hmm. <laughs> uh, leading with love. There's a three words podcast. <laughs> Maybe I'll, that's an episode that we'll have to do sometime. Leading with love.
1: Leading with love. Yeah. And like what that means is like knowing, taking out of my head that man, like you might have bad intentions when I share this idea with you about haircraft just like, hey, like, I'm going to have the best mindset that like, you're not going to, I'm going to be as real with you as possible, vulnerable. And like, knowing that I'm not trying to harm anyone, I'm not trying to like, do anything negative that would hurt their feelings, just like, hey, like, let's do this. Like, what are your thoughts on this? And yeah, like, when you do that, like, you actually like, it's not about having to smile and be all goofy and motivational. It's just, hey, like, this is what I think is the right thing. And like, I think it benefits all of us. Like, you can have an honest conversation. And the third thing is accountability. Like mm. like having the tough conversations, those are hard. Yeah. But it's even harder not to have those conversations over time because then it just builds up. When you have an honest accountability conversation with someone, like, yo, you screwed up. This is what happened. Like we fell short here. Why didn't we get this done? That's being vulnerable too. Like yeah. it's not easy for someone to have that. But accountability is also like what creates pressure and pressure creates diamonds, right?
0: That's exactly right. Pain is our friend, you know, transparency, vulnerability, love, accountability. I mean, in, in Logan, who's behind the camera, Logan, I just want to say to you, make note of this that we are coming back to San Diego at some point and we're going to do that podcast lead Lead with love. with (laughs) love. That would be a fantastic conversation. And not because you have great insights into it, though you do, but because you embody these very things. Now, it's curious, not curious, but I wanted to mention this. If if you've made it this far in the podcast, what, 46, 47 minutes in at this point in time, uh, you can at any point go to any hair craft. We talked about this, right? Into three words, 20. If you type in the code three yep. words 20, you're going to get 20% off of any haircraft product because you made it this far in our genuine and real and raw conversation with my dear friend, Leo Carrillo. <coughs> if I can just even close out our conversation, first of all, by thanking you, Leo. Um, thank you for our friendship. Thank you for letting me inject myself into your very busy week by flying to San Diego and being here with you and learning from you, my friend. And I'm guessing for all of you who are listeners and viewers who have made it this far in this conversation that you are inspired. And you're inspired because there has been vulnerability and transparency and honesty and hopefully some very practical tips on what it means to be the best version of yourself, whether you're 27, 37, 47, or even 57, regardless of what season of life you're in, there's so much that we can learn from this conversation. It's been extraordinary to sit here with my friend to talk about this notion of mastering your craft. Leadership, conflict resolution, gratitude, rhythms, routines, meditation. I mean, there's so much here. And I think Leo would say to you, and I will say to you as well, that wherever you are on your journey, whether it's in your personal life or professional life, whatever your craft may be, remember that life is short. There's no guarantee of tomorrow that we want to value our time, make the most of every single moment. Let this be a reminder to you that you as well, regardless of your age, regardless of your season of life, regardless of your upbringing, regardless of where you've come and even where you find yourself today, that you have an opportunity, if you choose, to master your craft. For life coaching, consulting services, or to hire a keynote speaker, please visit dmbcoaching.com.